0: Oh, yeah, baby, it's the Hollywood and Mike show. How's everybody doing there on WMMR DB Rockford, baby? It's going to be a good one. We got Road Rage coming up later on. He is a special guest for the Hollywood and Mike show. Hopefully, you guys and gals out there are having a good one boy listen tomorrow morning's motorcycle madhouse we're gonna ask the question Is my buddy Penguin serious about Bud Light? Yes, that's going to be coming up tomorrow. As well as me and China is going to be talking about Barack Obama, man. Barack Hussein Obama. I guess in his private letters, he wanted to screw a guy. Pretty cool to find out there. So it's going to be something else come tomorrow morning. We got to thank... uh, yeah, we got to thank Mikey for being on the madhouse. He kind of got uh, roughed up a little bit on Friday morning and stuff, but he hung in there. He knows what's up. He's getting a good radio uh, face uh, right now. Radio so, face. Yeah, Caught radio that. face. That. He, okay. <laughs> okay. Continue. It, it's a new one. But also, tomorrow we got T on. We're going to have some serious discussions about Chi-Town, baby. So what's up, Mike? What are you up to? Why are you so damn grumpy? All that good stuff.
1: What's going on, everybody? No, I'm having a I'm having a better day, let's just say. Yesterday, I didn't feel so well. I was a little, little bedridden, you know. Shouldn't have, you know, drank so much the night prior. You know, shouldn't have done that. But that's okay. You know, you learn that.
0: You know what you should do is China Dial has a trick. Is she'll she'll get all stupid, get all drunk, and then come home and before bed she'll take a Tylenol, and she don't ever have a hangover.
1: Uh, That's smart. I mean, I've always heard you know definitely make sure you you know have a couple of waters before you go to bed at minimum. But I definitely don't do that
0: either. So we got Chase Nitro and everybody else in the house. Extreme is up in there oh we got penguin penguin we're gonna be talking shit about you tomorrow uh you know what don't i tell everybody don't give me ammunition i tell everybody that
1: including me
0: i'm a i've done it right honest person don't give me ammo i'm gonna use it against you i'm gonna make you worldwide on the radio station about your sex life about your relationship stuff look what i do to china all the time Look what yeah, no, I do. That's,
1: that's a guarantee and a promise at the same time. That will happen. If you give them ammo, you will use it against you.
0: It's Absolutely. done. It's over with.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Trust me, I, I know.
0: I, yeah, well, you do know, because you know what? You came on and screwed with me within the first five minutes of me getting on. And I was like, okay, it's on now, buddy.
1: It was true. It was true. Five minutes into the green screen room. <laughs> we weren't even live. And all of a sudden he's like, all right, we're, we're going to get down today. All right, shoot. I'm going to hang in there. <laughs> yeah, can't get a hangover if you, if you stay drunk. I like that answer, but I'm not going to go ahead and do that. I've got children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you were out partying yesterday.
1: No, I, I partied at home and it wasn't even yesterday. It was the day before, you know, it was a Friday night. That Well,
0: if you guys and gals want to know how China Dow feels about me when she gets off the air, we got a little clip for you piss me off you fucking jerk get on my nerves well here comes johnny with his pecker in his
1: hand he's a one ball man and he's off to the rodeo that is so <laughs> great that's so great i saw that you earlier did. and was rolling
0: you can see uh china Dowl over at uh china Dowl 1973 over on tiktok ain't it hard to be a father and party anymore man it's don't almost, like it, it, it's almost you?
1: impossible and it's really hard for me especially when i go out when i go out places i don't drink so that's kind of the the issue like i can never go out and drink because i'm like the responsible one so the only time i can drink is like if i'm at home and i have a couple of buddies or i'm by myself
0: by yourself you party huh
1: yeah why the hell not Why the hell not? If I'm by myself,
0: you know what I don't get about you, and I've been meaning to ask. We got Rebecca, a new listener here. Uh, I've been meaning to ask you, Mike. Hmm. You think it's time to shave your palm, dude? Because look at your damn palm. You can see on air. Yeah, you just see the hair on your palm.
1: So I got a lot of.
0: No, you you got to open it. You got to open your hand. I have no hair there. Hell, you sure don't. You masturbate a lot. That's what it means. No,
1: no, no, no. You're don't too don't young spread what idea. you got going on over to me. No.
0: Me? Don't I masturbate that. all the time. Do you see China, though? Come on. I got to masturbate.
1: Well, you do have two separate rooms. You might as well have two separate houses at this point.
0: Maybe that's why uh, I'm only two pumps because I'm masturbating the rest of the time. I got to fix that. Uh, anyway, again, we got road rage coming up here. Who do we got, uh, Mike? Mike? Yeah, so as, road rage,
1: road rage. Everyone knows R- road rage, man. This is this is a man that that is infamous for actually making like little skits and TikToks on other you know creators, such as ourselves. Uh, yeah, he he's made done it. For it us. He's he's done it on us. He's done it on a few other people, and I think it's it's hilarious, especially his bit on China Doll is about the funniest thing in the world. But yeah, no, uh, he's someone that that is truly not only someone that is hysterical, but he's also someone that is a a massive supporter of the show. And I really like, I like having people on the show that not only support the show, but you know, they're very entertaining and road rage is definitely entertaining.
0: You know why that is though? Yeah. It's because he comes from my generation. He ain't from uh, all you wussy generations. Well, you know, he knows how to joke around where you, uh, Young kids are like that, that, (laughs) that.
1: Well, honestly, there's not many uh, content creators in this uh, niche that are my age. So you're pretty, you might be right about that.
0: No, there ain't. I feel sorry for you because you're actually beyond your years.
1: I appreciate that.
0: You are, you're beyond your year, you know, years. You actually can relate to us older guys,
1: but you got to admit,
0: you got to admit you younger, your younger generation, they can't take jokes like ours. No. Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. They, they got real soft skin. It's sense. It's just a sensitivity overload, I, I guess. I don't know. They, they're just sensitive, very sensitive generation.
0: They, even the bikers, man, yep. come on.
1: The millennials, Gen Z, you know, that it seems like both of them, you know, they just can't get their, uh, their sensitivity in order. <laughs>
0: Now, uh, we're going to be covering this. This is a big story here tomorrow. We're going to be covering this Penguin and Bud Light uh, relationship tomorrow. So what happened? Her name is Teresa. She's a hottie. She's a hottie. I love this girl. And I told him, don't Penguin it up, you know, because you got the Hollywoodism. Well, you got the Penguin type of deal. And I'm going to try to give him advice here because he told me. That, yes, they're dating, but they're not in a relationship. Am I missing something here? Is it not the same or no nowadays?
1: You know, in in my generation now, I believe that they truly think that that's different. They do. They do. They think dating and being steady or being in a relationship is totally different, which I don't. I mean, if you're dating... They'd look at it as like, oh, dating, I can date like five, four, you know what, however many people I want until I lock down into a relationship. That's the way they're thinking. But to me, that doesn't make sense. I've always called it like if I'm with a girl, I'm dating her. You know what I mean? Well, that's so, what I
0: thought. If you're porking her, then that, you should be with her unless you're a, you know, a player.
1: Right, right. I'm but that's kind of... Her.
0: Because you guys confused me. He's a little younger, and what I worry about, he's not going to listen to Hollywood and rap the rascal, and next thing you know, he's going to pop out Little Penguins.
1: Well, that's how it happens sometimes. It can happen. You
0: know, you know we got to bring Road Rage, uh in for this subject. We really do. We got to get his take on this. Yeah. I'm real worried about him. I really am. Uh, because me, I'd have been popping it already. Oh, dang. Uh, I would have.
1: Pop, lock, and drop it. That's what you would
0: have done. You do got to worry about you youngins because I have to admit, my pullout method sucked. Okay, that's why I got five kids and I probably have a knock on the door in a year or two. Hi, dad. Yeah, uh hi, dad, my ass. Where's the DNA? Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen. So we're going to bring in our road rage here. Introduce him, Mike. Come on, you got all Let's this. Let's do stuff. it.
1: We got Mr. Road Rage himself. Everyone knows this man right here. Come on,
0: everybody knows the Road
2: Rage.
1: Everyone knows the Road Rage. What's going on? I on may
2: way? have earned a reputation, um, Grandpa. Little brother, I hop. I appreciate you having me on. I like that. I like that. Uh, that was I clever. can't say anything. I'm older than Hollywood, so.
0: <laughs> Damn, you're ancient. You're like a dinosaur, like down, man. She's getting old.
2: She is, uh, I think, she's what, like three days older than me, something like that. It was right there. I was teasing her about always being older. She's like three or four days. So, yeah, we, uh, yeah, that's been, uh, that's been mentioned a few times to her that she's older. I'm not going to let her live that one down and forget it. So, (laughs)
1: And, and so, I can't believe you, you say that that with your age, you know, and then you're riding the bike that you ride. That's insane.
2: I had to give up my sport bikes. I couldn't, I couldn't stay leaned over like that anymore. I, I had a bad shoulder and about 30 minutes on it. I was like, my arm was going numb and couldn't feel my hand. So I'm like, eh, what can I get that'll go as fast as a sport bike and still be comfortable? So then I moved on to naked bikes and you saw the ridiculousness that i'm riding now so yes which oh we're which ahead. i just did 200 miles on that today so
1: yeah and, but that, did you yeah. do it in a single hour you know i mean that's no we guys-
2: uh i was i was riding with uh with a couple other guys and i was in the back they always put me in the back so i'll stay responsible
1: yes yeah, it sounds like go. you gotta, you they're gotta like you crazy throttle
2: Road rates isn't allowed to lead anymore. So that went down like one time. So, and they're like, what, no,
0: no. I'm going to get you in this conversation. I need somebody who's elderly like you to help <laughs> give this man advice. Now, Penguin, I don't know. I think he's like in his upper 20s or 30s or something. And the reason why we call him Penguin is because he looks like a penguin. He wears a penguin suit, but he has this issue where he has a nice looking girl, really outgoing, really funny. I really like her. So I approve of her Mm -hmm. and he's going and saying that he's dating her, but he's not in a relationship. What does that mean to our generation here?
2: (sighs) Ah, these kids. Um, I mean, there was a little of that, back in our day but it was mostly like girls that were just sluts so Street <laughs> they, they wanted to have the option of you know i want six guys lined up but yeah if i'm like if i'm dating somebody that is like the only person that i'm dating which i don't date now because my wife kind of frowns on that um ouch but yeah if 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 you're dating somebody like from our generation it's like okay i'm dating this person that is the only person that i'm dating
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what do you think about uh, what rebecca says that doesn't sound like dating to me sounds like friends with benefits
2: yeah that's a lot of what it sounds like
1: i think a lot of this generation definitely needs some sort of like i can't just have one here. I need to have it lined up just in case, like they have like, a or four backups.
2: I mean, some things you have a backup plan for some things. You just got to kind of take the chance. It's, I think a lot of it and not to sound like the old guy that I am, but our generation didn't have that overwhelming need for attention that it seems like the current generation has. And trust me, I've got three kids. They're you know, thirteen, eleven, and four. <laughs> Can't guess which one of those
0: was a surprise. So you um, pull out <laughs> Phone rang and it startled me. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, road rage don't have the same pull out method as mine. Oops.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mine didn't that's work how very I well five either. Kids.
0: Yeah, five that's how is I, a lot. Yeah,
2: tell me about it. Too. Yeah, I well, at least two of them were planned. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, there you go. I like, I like the ratio odds on that. I like the ratio odds. But yeah, no, uh, I definitely find that to be very interesting. Uh, now, to go back to the, the naked bike thing, you now have actually told me that you were in, you know, now you're kind of thinking about going from the naked bike over to the Harley, you know? And oh, so, no, it would
2: absolutely be an addition.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, so it'd be an addition, it wouldn't be a, a, like a swap out for
2: no my the mt that i've got now has earned a permanent spot in the garage no matter what comes and goes that bike is staying i started riding in 1978 i was five years old i was on a yamaha jt1 i've ridden i mean literally my entire life everything from hardtail you know choppers ten over springers you know thousand cc factory race prep you know leader bikes and everything And this stupid little MT-07 is the most fun bike and playful bike that I've ever ridden in my life. It has a personality that cannot be described. It's like a lot of bikes, you ride them and it's like it feels like very serious, especially like in the sport bike world it feels very serious and in some cases like it's actively trying to unalive you every time you go near the throttle this bike it it earned its name of the wheelie happy hooligan bike because it'll just it constantly wants to wheelie um i mean it'll bring the front end up in third gear yeah but it kind of has this i can't describe it it sounds Stupid, but it kind of has it reminds me of that playful puppy when you come home, how it just always wants to play and do dumb shit.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the puppy that's right the best way there. I can describe
2: this bike because it just it doesn't matter who you are, it will bring out the absolute hooligan in you every time you get a, like get on this bike.
0: Rebecca wants to know uh road rage. We'll let you hit this one. Can someone explain what a night naked bike is? A
2: naked bike, Um, think of it as a traditional sport bike, but instead of the low clip-ons, it has like regular handlebars and a more upright seating position. So it has lower pegs. So you're not leaned over like a sport bike, but you're not like completely laid back like you would be on something like a Dyna or a Softail or something like that. It's kind of... It's like a sport bike without fairings and a more comfortable riding position.
1: Mm. Now, I've so always if you known look them like to like, uh, be like kind of like the the frame is lighter, like everything is lighter on the bike. That it's only utility that they have pretty much on there. That's what I know naked bikes to be, but I'm kind of ignorant on the subject. I really don't know sport bikes. I've only I've never even sat on one or a naked bike.
0: Yeah, he's them. a bro. So yeah. There,
1: I think, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone knows that. So it's oh, like my,
2: I, I got a buddy that's a Dyna bro that lives across the street from me. So like,
1: they're around Hollywood, they're around. They're not just over here on the West Coast.
2: The the naked bike is just kind of like strip it down, you know, the stuff off all the extra plastics and stuff like that. Um that's right. But it you know, keep it light. This bike ready to go even with my stunt cage on it and a full tank of gas is like 390 pounds dude
1: 390 pounds it's nothing yes that's nothing
2: which that's is so, why, no wonder it,
1: why it wants to wheelie on you i mean you don't yeah even have and to it, clutch up.
2: it doesn't even no it'll power wheelie in third yeah, year
1: power wheelie boop
2: yeah <laughs> And it the thing is, it, it doesn't make that much power. It makes, when we had it on the dyno, it was like 74.9 horsepower and 52 foot-pounds of torque at the wheel. But it power weighs nothing.
1: Power to weight ratio is what gets you. That's
2: like, why you can you, go
1: 220 miles per hour on that thing, you know?
2: You you Jeez. put that power into something like a street glide. And it's like you can walk faster than that thing because right. there's so much weight. But, take that Street Glide motor with all that torque, drop it in a naked bike.
1: I can only imagine.
2: I'm getting an idea, Mike.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, right? right that almost <laughs> sounds like something crazy. Hey, like,
0: eh. I'm thinking a naked bike is a bike with a blonde on the back. Yeah, naked. right. That works, That's,
1: too. That, that'll work. We'll call that the naked bike. We can Long go. shells
0: what on tight. You're good. What got you into all this stuff, uh, Row Rage? As far as bikes in general or yeah motorcycles in general, and why did you really go towards the spike or the there's a Hollywoodism, uh the sport bike stuff
2: um growing up, my dad rode, my brother rode, I had seven uncles that rode, my grandfather's rode, pretty much everybody in my neighborhood rode like. I think there was four houses on our street that like the parents didn't have a motorcycle. And even those, the kids had motorcycles. Mm -hmm. Like we could literally, we would set up a ride and we could have, you know, 40 people, 40 kids out on bikes to be like, Hey, we're going for a ride. And everybody would show up somewhere.
1: Now that's, but we had like
2: a massive amount of land and a dirt motorcycle track behind the house that I grew up in, like on 17 acres. Wow. So we were always riding. That's, I mean, that's what my we did right
1: there. Cause I, I loved motocross as a kid. That's what I did for a long. Let's, long time. Uh,
0: let's talk about that for a second. Cause I think it's huge for the future of motorcycling. Our generation were X. One of the biggest things we did was ride bicycles with everybody. And it's true. That meme that's out there where it says, if you wanted to know where your friends were, just look for the bikes. Yep, they're on it's not the same so way long. today. Front lawn, not so much? Not so much today. No, nope. and well, I. Well, now think... it's
2: motorcycles, but.
0: <laughs> well, well, yeah, for the kids, the <laughs> uh, the newer generation, they're not riding like we used to.
1: Yeah, even not... my generation didn't really do there... too much of it, and but I was one of the only that really BMXed as a as a kid. There wasn't like in my neighborhood. Yeah, there was all these kids, but I was kind of the only one that really cared about BMXing. It was weird. Like I, I was the only one that cared about being on a on a bicycle. No one else wanted to.
2: I'm starting to feel like Mike is my mini me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, do you I have did a son that I don't know about?
1: You did the impersonation pretty damn good. And that's something that we were gonna get to here in a minute was your well, content you know, too. But but I'm gonna, I mean, I'm you've gonna, heard gonna, the I expression
2: two peas in a pod.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah, You've heard the expression two peas in a pod. Mike and I are like two rees in
0: a tard. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Moving on, I want to ask you what this means to you, Road Rage. Uh, I think it's a good subject to be talking about as far as the new motorcycle scene is because a lot of people waste time in life where we used to live it (laughs) halls balls Mm -hmm. every day. What does this mean to you? You know, all those things you wanted to do, you should go do them. Do you think somebody that's younger would understand that?
2: I, I think they would understand it, but I think they have too many other things that they're trying to do and too many distractions and they don't have enough people in their circle that want to do those things as well for them to go do it with, um, I had, I had gotten my kids, um, they had electric razor scooters. And of course I had to hot rod them because they weren't fast enough. Um, But they, I mean, they were out riding those and they're just now, I mean, within the last two, three years, really starting to get into bikes. I just picked up a mountain bike for my oldest and they're starting to bike around a little more. Now, my four-year-old, she wants to be on wheels constantly. It doesn't matter, bikes, scooters, anything. She has a little electric dune buggy that I've already had to replace the rear tires on. The plastic tires, because she absolutely destroyed them doing donuts in my driveway and drifting around the sidewalks in my neighborhood. Got And it. she is like, "Can it go faster?" And it's like <laughs> too
1: slow at this point.
2: For me, so yeah. yeah, it's. I think the a one... lot of it is our generation bringing them up. There, we dropped the ball. I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, there a lot of us, we drop the ball. I dropped the ball. I'm trying to look back and see where I dropped the ball because I see what my kids are doing and the path that they're on. And I partially take the blame for that. Not that they're, you know, looking to build like a drug empire or something like that, but I see the path that they're going along, and I see that some of that is not going to benefit them. And they're going to look back and have regrets. So I'm trying to introduce them to as many things as possible. Oh, my oldest loves two wheels. We had, and when he was nine, my niece was getting married in Texas in October. We're in Michigan. And he's like, Can we take the bike to the wedding? And I'm like, Dude, I am not putting you on the back of a sport bike and riding from Flint, Michigan, to Dallas, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like, can we take the bike? You know, mom and his brother could fly, but he was like, I want to take the bike. And it's like, no. (laughs)
0: Well, let me ask you this, and we'll do it with Mike as well, because he has kids growing up. How would you feel if your kids wanted to ride a motorcycle do you have that uh, because me i have that feeling where your kid gets on a motorcycle and you're always worried because we know what can happen out Mm -hmm. there am i the only one that gets that Uh,
2: we would absolutely worry because we've we know what can happen and we've done it i mean i was i stuck a yamaha nine feet off the ground into a tree (laughs) and it, it stayed there we had to get it back down so i know things can happen um i was too busy laughing to worry about being hurt because it was probably one of the dumbest things that i've ever seen play out in my life crazy um but yeah it's they know what can happen we know what can happen but i mean you can't wrap your kids in bubble wrap i mean my kids have earned every scar that they have my oldest, I fully expect him to be asking for a bike soon. very soon. Yeah. Um, my four-year-old sometimes daily will go out and get on the back of my bike to see if she can reach the pegs yet so she can ride with me. Yep. Uh, she is an absolute speed demon. I know that she is going to be on a bike at some point as well. My middle son, uh, He's ridden with me before and he can pretty much just take it or leave it. He's like, Yeah, it's just not my thing. So, but yeah, I, I expect that at some point there's going to be two more motorcycles added one for the oldest and one for the youngest. Nice
0: what about you? What about you, Mike? You went through a very traumatic experience on a motorcycle. Yep. And you're raising kids now. What if they come to you and say, I would like to get a bike?
1: It'd be very hard for me. It'd be very hard. And first of all, we all know motorcycles bite, you know what I mean? Uh, they ha it happens. And it's not an, if it's a, it's a, when thing it, it does happen. Now what would make it extra hard for me is I only have two girls. I don't have a, you know, a boy that can share that, um, it would be very, very hard for me, even the thought, you know, I have a one-year-old and a seven-year-old and they're both obviously girls. So it'd be very hard for me to even think about it now. But um, I I know that my seven-year-old loves to be on two wheels all the time. She loves being on her bike, which is something that I, I'm actually really proud of her. She's always asking, can I please get on the bike? Can I please get on the bike? You know? So that's something that I am proud of her about. But if it were to come down to motorcycles it would be pretty hard for me to accept that. It would. It, it, I would have a mega fear, to be honest. Um, it. It would be very hard. It would be very hard. It's not even like they're, are boys that do that, you know. It, it, and I'm not discriminating against women or anything, but it's like, it makes it even that much more harder for me, I guess.
2: Well, it's especially understandable in your situation.
1: Yeah, that too. No, right, you know. Age.
2: Go ahead, Rage. No, I was just saying that's especially understandable in his situation. I mean, having, like, experience firsthand the things that can happen that aren't your fault. Right. Um, but- it's
1: totally out of, you know, it's totally, it had nothing to do with me and what my actions were that day. Those were perfect actions. It had all to do with somebody else. And that's my true fear. It's not even for my own fear of myself when I'm out there, because I'm not really, I guess I'm not really thinking of that for myself at that moment. Um, But I think about like my children, like I have thought about this question before, you know, what if, what if, you know, the kids want to be like dad, you know? And uh, it's been one of those things I've, I've definitely, it's been something that I don't know if I could be okay with. I don't, I legitimately don't know.
0: Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. When Rage and Me was coming up, women writers weren't prevalent. They're more prevalent now than ever before. And I think they are uh, changing the scene for the better. But you're right, Mike. You do have daughters. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, the women rage seem like they're going towards the sport bikes and some of them women can ride better than us.
1: There's no doubt. Yeah. With that. There's no doubt, you know, but it's just a scary concept, especially as a mm. father, but
2: I, I you- know a lot of girls on sport bikes. I know it's split about 50, 50 for the girls that I know between like sport bikes and Harleys. Mm-hmm. I, I know just as many on like, you know, thousand CC sport bikes as I do riding everything from sportsters to, You know, but one's got a road king, So,
1: yeah, I mean, (laughs) she's like five foot three. (laughs) Dang. But there's like that heavy.
0: What do you say to the naysayers? Because I used to be one. I used to be a big naysayer just because of how we game up in the atmosphere about women riding their own motorcycles now and how they're helping the scene.
2: I think anything that expands the scene and gets more bikes out there, gets more attention on it, on the issues that bikers face, you know, the more mainstream riders we get out there and everything else, the more bikes we get on the road, the more, I think it helps regardless of whether it's, you know, men, women, or anybody else. I, I love to see more bikes on the road, regardless of who's riding them. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, one thing that, uh, Mike, I used to do, and it just recently ended in the last couple years, was I was so, uh, this is for rage too, I was so afraid to have Chinadown on the back of my bike. Yeah. All them years, because we had the younger kids, and I always felt if something happened to me, at least she's still there for the kids. Yep. Did you feel that way rage and Mike?
2: I've had that conversation as recently as a month ago. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife does not like riding. She's not a fan of bikes at all. Honestly, Um, that's probably the one thing that she would change about me, but that's, I mean, that comes with me because that's obviously been my entire life. That's just part of the package deal. Um, She works as a physical therapist so <laughs> she never really sees the good side of bikes. She just sees like the aftermath of when it all goes wrong. Yep. Um I took her around the neighborhood a few times and she was okay with it. Um, she went on the road with me one time, and I swear to you, I was riding probably slower and more gentle than I have ever ridden in my life. And she was just terrified. It's not her thing. She does not like being that out in the open and i mean obviously she was on a sport bike so she wasn't that comfortable anyway but even you know the new bike's a little more comfortable um she has expressed interest in you know something a little a little more plush that she could possibly be interested in but then she said you know she said if something happens to one of us the other one's still there we don't need to both be in that situation.
0: That's correct. And does that make you feel at ease that she agrees with you about if you're on that bike, something happens to you, at least she's there for the kids. I mean, it's peace of mind.
2: Um, cause yeah, it would be devastating to lose both of your parents. Like at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it, it does kind of set your mind at ease. Like, I would have no problem with her riding if she wanted to ride on her own. Um, I think that, I know that that's not something she would ever do, but I think it would be a situation where she, we would probably never get to ride together because she'd be like, if something happens to one of us, somebody needs to be there. So I'm going to ride and you stay home. I'll come back. You go ride. That's but,
0: crazy. Right. What about you, Mikey? What- that subject i kind of got
1: lucky i'm kind of like road rage um you know my girl she i took her on the back of the bike one time and that's all it was she was like this is not for me she never was she she didn't come from the motorcycle scene you know she didn't she doesn't care about these bikes she doesn't care about this, this this topic or these events she'll she'll attend with me and stuff like that but aside Aside from that, it's really something that she's not interested in. It's like what Road Rage said, it's too open for her. Um, She doesn't feel protected at all, you know, and she's not used to that. And I think that one time, and I wasn't doing like no wheelies or anything, but I'm not going to like be super, super, super easy either. I'm just going to ride how I kind of normally would. And she looked at me and said, nope, I never want to do that again.
0: Well, that is true, uh, China. Our kids are grown now. We ride more now together than ever before. Mm. But don't, Do you think it's important to have that support system, Rage, where she might not want to get on the bike, but she cares enough that this is your hobby, this is your life, and don't give you the aggravation that some guys face when they do have motorcycles?
2: It's absolutely a blessing because she she knows that there's going to be times that I'm just, you know, I disappear for the day or a couple days. You know, I let her know in advance. Usually, at Um, least you do that. At least I do. Well, (laughs) there's kind of a story behind that one. (laughs) So. One of my kids was sick and my bedroom in my house is huge. It has like a sitting area. And he came in and he laid down on the couch in the sitting area. And I was asleep and wife came in and she was like, Hey, your friends are here and they want you to come out and play. And I was like, Archer, wake up. She's like, no, your friends. And I'm like, what? She's yeah. like, Jeremy and Jeremy and Drew are at the door. And I'm like, Drew doesn't even know where I live he's like, well, apparently he knows how to contact Jeremy that lives across the street. So I go, I go downstairs and sidebar to that, the doorbell went off and my four-year-old thought that it was some of the kids in the neighborhood. So she ran and flung the door open and there was just two gnarly looking bikers standing there. She freaks, screams, slams the door, runs off. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So I come downstairs. I'm like, literally just woke up i'm like hey and they're like come on we're going to do hood rat stuff and i'm like okay janine's like did you have this plan i'm like i knew nothing about this and she's like okay she's like so uh when you coming back i'm like i have no idea she's like where are you going i'm like i have no idea she's like so She's like, is it going to be like four hours? Is it going to be late tonight? Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be like later in the week? I'm like, all of those are possibilities with these two knuckleheads. I'll text you when I figure out what's going on.
1: Yeah, that part is hard. It, that's a hard part to control when when you're out and you're trying to control home too. You know, I, I know how that feels
2: sometimes. Yep. We're going to yeah, ask. She's, she's pretty understanding about it.
0: We're going to ask Mike that same question when uh, we come back for a station identification. We got special guest Road Rage on. He's on TikTok big time. Make sure you go check him out.
2: All right, here's some tasty waves, cool
0: buds, and I'm fine. I can hit a from calling me. Now, Mike, how does that put your mind at ease when you have a supportive spouse as far as your motorcycling is concerned? Because, again, a lot of guys do not have that support from them where they're hearing it all the time. There's a lot of misery when they go out riding or misery when they're going out with their friends. How is important? How important is that to have that support?
1: It's actually extremely important because if you're too worried about home because you're out on the road, I mean, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You know what I mean? You're out on two wheels where you could die. So you're focusing on the wrong thing. And you're, if you're worried about home, that's a big deal. You know, for me, my relationship as she came into my life, that was the very first thing I let her know. Listen, this is what I do. This, you know, this is what I'm a part of and this is what I, you know, you, this is something that you have to accept about me if you're going to be with me. And see, I don't think um, it's one of two things with people. It's either they get in a, into a relationship uh, or they've been, they, they're already in a relationship and then biking becomes a part of their daily habit or whatever. They pick it up in the relationship and then it's an issue or um, they they are meeting these people and then, They're not setting boundaries and guidelines like, hey, this is what I do. And this is something you've got to accept or not, you know, and that was something that was accepted on my, you know, on her end about me. So obviously it's a big, big ordeal to have that kind of support system when you're out because, you know, hey, you know, home's taken care of and she ain't tripping.
0: What advice, Rage, would you give somebody going through something like that where they didn't have that support system behind them? they love motorcycling but they have a wife or and or let's just not put this towards women but a husband or boyfriend that don't want her to ride uh drop a gear and disappear no uh, <laughs> I, you got
1: <laughs> i like the answer though
2: <laughs> it it varies by situation i mean it If you've been in the bike world and you've ridden your entire life, like I have, like Hollywood has, you know, like most of us have, and then you meet that person and build that relationship, if they can't accept that that's part of you, that's not the person for you. That's a deal breaker. Now, where you run into situations is where you get guys that. They've been married, you know, somebody goes and gets married at 25. They got, you know, they've been married for 15 years. They're turning 40. They're hitting their midlife crisis. They're like, I'm going to go buy a bike. Yep. And the wife is like, no, you're not. Yeah, the hell you ain't. And that's when you start running into those situations. So that's something, I mean, if you didn't bring that to the table and that's something new for you, you need to sit down and have that conversation. That's not gonna be a happy relationship.
1: For real. Mm.
2: And I mean, we we all know you piss a woman off, especially Mike, you got a Latina.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) I got battle wounds.
0: Well, let's uh be honest, uh Road Rage and like when you are in a relationship or a long term marriage, and you do decide to go get a motorcycle do you think she is right because you do not have that experience on a motorcycle
1: maybe it's a valid it's a valid concern for for her if she you guys have been together let's say for 20 years and yet you've never ridden a a motorcycle in your day of your life and now all of a sudden you have this urge to go get a harley and or whatever kind of bike and and go ride she's gonna look at you like dude are you kidding me? Like you have kids, you pro- you're probably, you know, you're with me, whatever. She's going to look at you crazy and you can't just drop that on them. You know, you, you have to be able to at least warm it up and just talk about it. There's no way you can just drop that on her lap. Otherwise she's going to be pissed. I promise you.
2: Yeah. Have that conversation beforehand. Don't just come home with that new bike in the, yeah, in yeah, the garage.
1: That's a good, that's a good way um, to become single.
2: <laughs> but yeah, real quick. Yep. and then you can't afford the bike payments so and now you're screwed. So, right. But yeah, that's something that, I mean, you need to sit down and have that conversation. Hey, I'm thinking about this. This is something that I've been wanting to do stuff like that layout. And, you know, don't, don't be that guy that just goes out and was like, I'm just going to buy my dream bike and goes and drops like 55 grand on a brand new CVO road glide and drops it seven times in a parking lot. As much as I love those bikes, and as much as everybody wants one of those, that is a horrible choice for a first bike for somebody just learning. That's the start on something small. I mean, even go buy a, a used beater bike that's in good mechanical condition, or go buy even—I mean, even like the the little three hundred class, like sport bikes, like the. And the naked bikes, like the MT03 and the Kawasaki little Z400, those things will run with like some of the bigger baggers. It's obviously all the power is at the high end, but the key to those, even the Sportster, that's a heavy bike when you compare it to like, you know, a naked bike or a sport bike or something like that get something light cheap you're not going to worry about it if you drop it go buy a dual sport good you can bounce those things off trees and not damage them all you're going to do is scrape the plastics up a little bit soft plastic right. you go spend 30 bucks on amazon you replace them and a lot cheaper learn to ride and show that spouse hey i can ride responsibly i can do this i can be you know responsible on this i'm a good rider I took an MSF course, I took an advanced rider course, I did this, and then work your way up to that. Now, I'm not going to say that I have not on occasion participated in some extracurricular, extra legal activities. Mm -hmm. And I will say, hypothetically, that if you're leaving somewhere and your wife says that she's taking the back route. So you take the abandoned highway home and then she changes her mind and she does not tell you and you unknowingly blow her goddamn doors off at like 165 miles an hour. There's going to be a conversation had when you get home.
1: Absolutely. Hypothetically.
2: hypothetically hypothetically, and it's not going to be a pleasant conversation either it
0: would not be let's let's take this a lot deeper because statistics do pan out Mm -hmm. where newer riders are more inclined to die on a motorcycle than those that have experience but yep again this is a trick question here does you know what
2: the age group of those riders is
0: mostly older uh ones
2: it's guys our age that just start riding because they don't have the reflexes that the younger kids have. And that we had when we were young and started riding.
0: Exactly. So taking this into a trick or question, uh, rage and Mike, does the dealerships have any liability in it when they know uh, that somebody hasn't rode whatsoever and sell them that street glide or sell them that rocket do you think there should be some type of deal where they mandate mandate and nobody likes being mandated and here's the trick question before they're allowed to buy that motorcycle
2: i think um i hate the european system i do i i hate the european licensing system with the a1 and a2 licenses i know people over there where you're limited for a year or two years to 125 cc bike and then you can move up to something with 47 horsepower and then uh, like two years after that you can move up to the unlimited license that's way too restrictive mm-hmm. but i i'm torn on it because i am all about personal freedom but with personal freedom comes personal responsibility. And I think there should be some sort of testing system, like a two tiered license where you can prove that you are advanced enough of a rider and a capable enough rider that you can go in there and buy whatever you want. And then maybe you didn't pass that test. So you're limited to, a certain amount, whether it be weight, horsepower, you know, engine size, whatever. Um, cause I've, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of new riders end themselves mm-hmm. like doing something stupid because they thought they could ride. True. Um, I've seen a lot of older riders do the same thing. I know the dealerships that I have dealt with, I've watched people get turned away. They're like, I am not selling you this bike. You do not need this bike. And I watched another person walk into a dealership and plunk down, you know, $20,000 and walk out with a Yamaha R1 as their first bike. And it's like, that's a race bike with headlights. Why do you want to start on that? Oh, well, I don't want to outgrow it and be bored. Well, I guarantee you're not going to be bored.
1: Right. You're definitely not going to be bored.
2: It 200 and like 205 horsepower or something, and it weighs 400 pounds. Mm
1: -hmm. So let me ask you this Does does Coca Cola, let's for for instance, do they have a responsibility because they can make people obese and, and die? I mean, should they be restricted? On, I mean, there's there's so many things that we could talk about that that lead into this. I, I think personally, if that those companies are not about human interest and and about human life, okay? Coca Cola doesn't care about human life. They don't. They, if they did, they wouldn't have the ingredients they have in them. And same thing with with uh, motorcycles. The honest truth is, they don't care about that. They care about selling them. They don't care exactly. about anything else. They, they care about it's, it's a company. Um, now here's one thing I will agree with. If you go in and you go buy a sport bike, that's a leader bike, you know, thousand CC right away, never have been on a bike before. I think it's pretty smart for the, the dealer, whoever's selling it to you to go, Hey, just a heads up, just a heads up. I'm letting you know that this is gnarly and you may want to think about it of a 600 or something like that, whatever. Um, same thing with the Harley stuff, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe, but the thing at, at the same time, it's who, what are you going to do? You're going to tell them how to spend their money. I wouldn't want anyone to tell me how to spend my money.
0: The problem is, shouldn't rage with that question. Shouldn't them um, salesmen care about, their customer where okay i just don't want to sell you one bike and you get killed so i don't get the second bike type of deal
2: yeah you you sell somebody pretty much a race bike with headlights and you may not have them as a repeat customer um and a lot of people see it they're like oh it's a scam they just want to sell you more bikes and it's like they're trying to keep you alive and it like i said i've i started riding in 1978 and Every time I get on a thousand cc sport bike, I hope and pray that God is watching over me because they're absolutely insane. It's I mean, some of these bikes will do they'll do one hundred and two miles an hour in first gear.
1: Yep. Yep. And you can
2: wind out first gear to triple digit speeds. And the manufacturer electronically limits them to one hundred and eighty six miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Actually, we have found that on some of the newer bikes, they don't limit the speed on them. They limit the speedometer. Oh, that's because interesting. Because it's 299 kilometers an hour is 186 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And they don't want them to display 300. So 100%. they limit the speedometer to read 299, even though some of the bikes will go over 200.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought this up, Rage. And a lot <laughs> of people are probably gonna get pissed off at me, especially those in the sport bike world. My older brother got killed on one of these. Uh, I think it was a Suzuki uh Gixter. Yep. I still to this day believe that they should not be allowed to sell them bikes on the street because. Those are, let's be honest, like you said, race bikes. What the hell you need a bike like that for? Like a Hayabusa. Mm-hmm. Says a damn pass. What do you need that bike for? I remember I had a Katana for a week. I pumped it up and I was like, I'm going to kill myself on this. This should be on the track and not on the road. Your thoughts.
2: A lot of people do track their bikes on the weekend. Um, they'll ride their bike daily and then track it on the weekend. Um, again, it comes down to, I mean, we have supercars that'll do 200 miles an hour on the street. But, I mean, is it practical? Is it useful? No, but, I mean, why not show, showcase the technology and put the technology out there? I mean, if somebody wants to, uh, wants to buy it and use it for its intended purpose, then I mean, that's on them
0: on the race. Well, kind of like Harley and Indian does on the flat track. That's where they showcase it. But would you want to give somebody that's say 21 years old, a high abuse, because you know what they're going to do on it.
2: Oh, I know absolutely what they're going to do on it. Um, somebody that's a new rider, I would say, no but I know guys Especially. that, I mean, started riding when they were, you know, four or five years old. And then, you know, by the time they were 20, they were comfortable on a leader bike and, you know, they were responsible.
1: Yeah, no, those, Why those are my lights. Not on? Are, the leader <laughs> bikes are, are hard to, to almost, you know, go, yeah, they're, they're totally okay for the street because you do see them, blowing by i mean they are rockets they're going at you know they can go up to those 200 mile per hour mark and we've all seen them go by you know and they're zipping oh, yeah. on the highway and um it's understandable but it's at the same time you know yes we're about the land of the free and all that stuff but these are some of the most dangerous bikes because of the speed and not everyone has that kind of self control especially with a throttle so you know, a lot of people, especially after a couple of drinks, you know, they're 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 overly confident, you know, that that's a big thing. You know, they, they they'll hop on the bike and then they're overly confident on what they're doing. So to me, um, I don't know. It's it comes down to personal responsibility. And also, I understand where Hollywood's coming from, too, because these bikes are so damn fast that it's not a, sometimes it's not even really street practical.
0: Hmm. Well, let's talk about personal responsibility, road rage, and the definition of personal responsibility when you are on that motorcycle, especially, especially if you have a passenger on there. And as I cover biker news and stuff, I see it all the time where you had somebody get out there, get drunk, have a passenger with them, and both of them end up killed.
2: Yep yep you if, if you want to go out and do something stupid and take yourself out go for it don't take anybody with you when you have another life that you are responsible for you better be the most responsible that you've ever been and that's gonna, i mean
0: we're gonna I, let re- we're gonna let Rage answer that question as soon as he gets his lights on. <laughs> yeah, we-
2: give me a second. I, I don't know what happened. All my lights, I lost my lighting. So I'll be right back with you guys. Right here. <laughs> this is where Chicago rocks. WMMR
0: What do you think, Mike? Personal responsibility.
1: Personal responsibility. It's, it's hard to, um, you know, this is why I don't drink when I go out that this right here, this very reason, this is the, the main reason why I will not drink when I go out, whether I'm by myself or, or even with, uh, anybody else, obviously the family, um, I would way rather be the one that is sober, get everyone home safe, and then be able to, then kick back relax and have a beer or or two you know what i mean like i'd rather that than risk it at the bar or at some place that i'm at and then have my girl with me who you got to remember as a passenger they if they're drunk too they can mess you up Mm. a drunk passenger can totally outswing you and they could fall off the bike there's a whole bunch of stuff you got to remember passengers have to lean with you there's actually a responsibility as a passenger and uh A lot of people don't even care to even know that. So, yeah, there is a lot of personal responsibility in this. It's a massive game.
0: Well, personal responsibility and rage can answer this one as well. Say you get messed up Mm -hmm. and you have a passenger on the bike. You get into an accident. You live she or he dies, should you not, Rage, get a murder charge or a reckless homicide or manslaughter?
2: Absolutely. I'm on my backup lighting. I don't know that that's much better. I may need to change location.
1: (laughs) You're alright. You're alright. It's good enough. But yeah.
2: But yeah, if you are responsible for ending that person's life, I mean, if god forbid i'm riding with one of my kids on the back of my bike or my wife on the back of my bike and i do something stupid i mean it's one thing like mike's situation that was obviously out of his control if something like that happens and you're carrying a passenger that's obviously not a fault of yours um but i mean if you're out doing something stupid doing highway pulls in the middle of the night and smack into a truck and you are responsible for ending that person's life, then absolutely you should be charged. That's all on you. It
1: is. It's something that you're going to have to agree.
0: What about this one, Mike? What about this one, Mike? You're out at a bar and your friends are pressuring you Mm -hmm. to party. What accountability should they take as a so-called friend Knowing that you're on a bike, yeah. but pushing the whiskey, pushing the beer on you having those a good those aren't your, those aren't your real
1: friends right there if if you if they know and you tell them straight up, "Hey, I ain't drinking tonight, your friends are gonna respect that your friends are gonna be like, all right cool, like we know what time he's on it's the people that that I don't know they've they feel insecure so that they need you to drink with them or something like that. Like I don't like, I've never fell for peer pressure. That's why I've never stuck anything up my nose. I've, I've never put myself into those situations because I've never been able to be peer pressured in high school to this day. I have never been able to be peer pressured. So that comes with strong will as well. You know, you have to have strong will.
0: Do you think uh road rage that a lot of people have that strong will to say, you know what? No, I'm riding on a motorcycle. And I think the reason why I'm such a, such a stickler for this is because of all the hidden runs that are happening on motorcycles. But at the same time, we got idiots out there that get drunk on the motorcycle saying, Oh, I drive better when I'm high or when I'm on, you know, I'm drinking a beer.
2: I hate that. Yeah, Edmund. I've. I mean, I I can see it. Like the group that I came up with. I mean, you can. There's fifty percent of them are just like me. It's like I don't care about your peer pressure. I'm going to do what's best for me. And then others. I mean, some of them are not here. You're just like, hey, why don't you do this? And they'll be like, yeah, okay. And yeah, a lot of them aren't here anymore
0: hmm let's talk about from doing things like that let's talk about motorcycle safety you guys uh mike what kind of course or training and especially <clears throat> after what happened to you
1: mm-hmm.
0: should the driver's ed start these kids that are 16 off about motorcycles
1: it's hard because there's not there's not a lot of 16 year olds that are showing that kind of interest unless in they're that bike lifestyle. Oh, I'm like doing talking that about
0: thing. motorcycles. I'm talking about driver's ed where they're getting their license. Oh, and I understand. How to watch out for motorcycles.
1: Well, yeah, no, it's funny because I remember taking my my driver's course when I was 15 and a half or whatever it was, you know, and there was never once ever really any talk about looking out for other motorcyclists. Like it was always look over your shoulder, make sure you see that you don't, you know, there's, you got your blind spot, make sure it's open and clear, but they don't really talk about anything to do with motorcycles to be quite honest. And it wasn't that long ago that I did this course, you know? Um, So it's a lot different because I also have my M1 and I know the difference between the two courses that, I mean, obviously, where you do the studying in, you know, before you do the, on the track or whatever, they actually care about what you learn there rather than over at some sort of, you know, normal car course, whatever DMV, they don't care. They don't care about some other motorcyclists. They don't talk about it.
0: What about a bait rage? Do you think, and I bust on them all the time, a bait, cause the grass clipping stuff really gets to my, oh uh, my nerves. God. It really does. It gets to my nerves. Don't you think they should be spending time on an issue like this? Get, you know, I know May is Motorcycle Awareness Month. Okay, that's once a year. Why don't you get a program into these driver ed places to teach these kids who will be driving for the next 60, 70 years how to look out for a bike? That should
2: be part of driver's training. I mean, I can still remember back my driver's training. The word motorcycle was not mentioned. Mm. Like, it never came up. And that's something that needs to be, you know, stressed. Especially now, modern cars, the sound deadening in them is so ridiculous. Like, you literally cannot hear it's a bike. <clears throat> it's I have a buddy of mine, every time he fires up his bike, it sets car alarms off. I mean, it is loud. I did not hear him come by me until he was right next to me on the highway. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's how much, uh, you know, sound proofing they make, you know, and it's hard for anyone to even hear anything. You know, most of the time, what are most people doing? They're bumping their radios, you know, they're on the phone, to be honest. Let's, let's be honest. Not every single driver out there is, Sober, not high, not texting, not watching some sort of movie. You know what I mean? That's that's this this is typical, at least for over here.
0: And I think it's gonna get more dangerous mm-hmm. as we go forward, because and I, I believe the Motorcycle Rights Foundation has brought this up autonomous vehicles.
2: Those are terrifying. Mm-hmm. They can't even make it through traffic. I, I know everybody's seen that video of the cars, just the autonomous cars just jammed up and the cops are giving it like directions and the cars are just stuck. There's like eight of them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. That's, I mean, so, those, things, those things are, and, I don't know. they are saying,
0: uh, you know, I believe it was a Tesla or something, Mike, where the radar did, because they go off the radar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't even catch a motorcycle. Uh, There's been two cases, I believe.
1: See, that's a scary part to think about, you know, (laughs) where comes the responsibility at that point, too? You know, I mean, they say, oh, you shouldn't leave your hand off the wheel for longer than 10 seconds or whatever they say. Yeah, right. You know, these people are not doing that. There's no way. And these cars, of course, they're not going to sense a bike that's lane splitting. You know, here in California, you can do that legally you know lane splitting and all of a sudden they just you know run you ride off and i don't know it's... this
0: autonomous vehicle stuff's coming to the trucking industry mm-hmm. right where there ain't that is be terrifying driving. yeah there ain't gonna be any drivers behind <clears throat> it
2: i have my daily because obviously i can't ride the bike year-round here because we have winters just like you so mm. I bought a Subaru to haul the kids around and get through the snow and everything. <clears throat> it's been phenomenal. Like the blind spot detection and everything. Like it has never failed to pick up a bike.
1: Wow. That's interesting.
0: But do you feel comfortable with autonomous vehicles? I, I know the technology is this cool. Hey, take me to this place or take me to that place. Nobody drive and whatever. I get it. That's the future. But as a motorcycle rider, that has to be scary in the beginning. It is a horrible idea.
1: It just promotes bad behavior, doesn't it? And it only promotes people to drink. It only prom- promotes people to get high. It only promotes people to get on their phones and, and do stuff that's distracting because they don't have to focus on the road anymore, or at least not as much. So they're, they're going to be more lackadaisical. And when, when do we get into accidents the most is when we get lackadaisical. So that's something to
0: think about as well. Yeah, we can't have it to where it goes totally anonymous. You can't. I just don't believe you can do it. It's going to be there in the future. Maybe technology kept keep up with it. But the motorcycle safety, come on, let's admit it, Rage. We're going 90, 100 miles an hour with six inches of asphalt right below us.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not the safest thing in the world, but it's, I mean, if I'm going to hit something, I would much rather be in a car. If I'm going to get hit by something, I would much rather be in a car. But what I would prefer is someone or something smart enough to not hit me to begin with.
1: Right. hmm mm-hmm.
2: I just yeah, lost my that. lights again. I'm going to slide to a different the- location.
1: You're all good. I understand. <clears throat> well,
0: that, Mike, uh, Here's a question for you.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: You went through a terrible accident. Mm-hmm. You got right back on the bike. I did. Many others won't. Why?
1: Mm, I can't blame people for not wanting to get back onto a motorcycle, especially after a traumatic incident. Um, I can't blame anybody for that. Um, this was a personal decision I made that nobody else could make for me. Nobody else could peer pressure me under. Uh, believe it or not, everyone kind of wasn't really down for me to do it when I did it because I did it. Well, 30 that's, days what I was add,
0: that's what I was just going to ask you. Yeah. How did your father, how did your mother take this?
1: They both wanted to like right? You know, stop me. They both wanted to instantly stop me and say, you know, enough is enough. Stop. You know, you've already done enough, you know, and, and to this day, it still is something that bothers my parents. I'm not going to lie. It's something that worries them extremely. And they're like, if it can, can happen once, it can happen again, kind of thing. And, and that's what they're always worried about. So it's something that I have to just respect for them and their feelings and just have to try to understand Because I do understand. I went through it. So, I mean, my parents went through it with me. So I know how how they felt. And it's terrible. It's terrible. I would never, like, if I saw that happen to my child, I don't know how I would personally deal with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think it makes a rider more dangerous, Rage, after they got into a serious accident and then get back on the bike because their concentration is going to be more of a tunnel vision type of deal where they're looking around all over the place. They're worried because let's admit it, a motorcycle is a loaded gun just waiting to go off. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I think it depends on the rider and the mindset after the accident. Um, I've seen people that have had accidents. They get back on the bike and they ride one time and they're like, I can't do this anymore. Um,
1: stressful yep
2: then yes, yes. you've you've got guys that will go down get back on the bike, and they're just they're more focused on their surroundings and potential hazards that they may not have looked for previously mm-hmm. um, but uh, I mean that comes down to the individual because i mean i'm I'm sure that we've all had our incidents that if we haven't gone down we've come close we've had scary incidents it just comes with the territory if you look there's potential for a single incident to have taken you out every time you ride generally yep. you know somebody starts to make a turn and then they see you and they stop okay what if they didn't so this you have close calls and potential close calls on every daily. ride
1: yeah, yeah, every single ride, you know, the, where the, you can see them about to make that left turn and they stop because they see you, you know. How, how many times does that happen in a ride? Happens all the time.
0: Yeah, it
2: happened three times today.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> let's be honest, Mike. Your first time back on that motorcycle, was there any stress or nervousness on it?
1: Zero. Zero. It was f- pure freedom for me. Absolutely, Mike's I, not I, human. I, I, I had been sitting on that bike basically ever since the day I came home from the hospital. And I sat because I came home to a motorcycle that was built for me, another Dyna, because my Dyna had been completely, completely gone. You know, it was obliterated. So I had a new Dyna when I came home. So when I came home, I was sitting on that thing every single day until I got my leg. Once I got my leg, I was like, I'm going to figure out whichever way I can to ride. And I did. All I needed was a heel toe shifter, just like any other bagger. Um, and that's it, you know? And, and I just hopped on like, as if I was at first, I was getting on the bike just to take a couple of pictures because Hey, you know, like I'm, I'm, I've got my leg, I've got the bike, I, I can hold it up. And next thing you know, I just backed it out of the driveway and I went off and my, both my, my mom, my dad, my ex, they were all there and they started recording it, you know, and they put it on Instagram live and that's kind of how that started.
0: Well, the follow-up, and if it's too personal, tell me to go screw myself. Everybody else does. PTSD. Did you get PTSD after that accident? And have you been able to work that out? The honest truth.
1: The honest truth is no, I do not have any PTSD from it. And that was, I think, probably because of the moral support that I had. Um, Also, I have PMA, which I'm sure other people have heard it before, but positive mental attitude. Um, I I never looked at it as a victim standpoint. I always looked at it like I have to accept this because I literally lived through everything that I went through. I, I survived and was awake. It wasn't like I passed out and I woke up from the surgeries. No, I remember me bleeding out my whole arm, like my arms were locked up. I couldn't tourniquet myself. I remember these moments. So when I woke up, I was actually happy, you know? And so that's what it kind of reminds me today. That's why I say a a lot of times that (laughs) everyone takes advantage of life, you know? And, um, that was one thing. It's like, do kids even know how to get out anymore? Do they even know how to, enjoy life you know it seems like everyone's just on downers and pills and and their life is miserable and and it's a terrible terrible thing to to see within at least my generation and it's probably getting worse within other generations as well
2: let let me ask you this mike Hmm. go ahead so you had a new Dyna built and it was there waiting for you so that was something to look forward to yes if your Dyna had been rebuildable, you would have had to rebuild it and you would have had that wrecked Dyna sitting there staring at you every day. Yep. Do you think that would have changed anything?
1: No, to have that constant
2: reminder there.
1: No, because I actually went down on the, the second Dyna that I have, I went down on that too and I stuffed it underneath a forerunner as an amputee on a club run. <laughs>
2: Do we need to keep Mike away from dinos? Is that the issue? Do we need to get Mike a soft tail? Everyone's
1: (laughs) like, listen, we got to wrap this guy with bubble tape, you know, a whole bunch of bubble wrap. Uh, Trust me, I've heard it all, you know, and yes, California is nuts. And I did do that. And I I did damage that bike pretty good, but I did rebuild it. And it's fine now, but it took a long time to do as well. But so, no, I don't really think so. I don't really think. What about
0: this rage? What role? Does confidence, how big of a role does confidence make when you're about to get on a bike?
2: It absolutely makes a difference. If you are not confident on that bike, you are not going to ride to the best of your abilities. If you're not riding to the best of your abilities, you're going to have a real bad day. Yep. That Well, that potential is there to have a real bad day. If you are unsure of yourself and what you are capable of, I mean... That's no, you, you need to leave the bike park that day. If you're, you know, unsure of yourself, if you packed your own parachute and you go skydiving, you're unsure of your abilities to go skydiving. Are you going to be more nervous if you packed it or a professional packed it? Right. You have to have that confidence to get on or otherwise it's not going to work for you.
0: So, listening into your gut feeling, Mike, is one of the most important things about getting on a motorcycle that day.
2: Yeah,
1: no, I've I've actually done that. I've done that where I was about to go and do my own thing, blah blah blah, and then my gut told me, "Do not ride today." Oh. Just don't. I don't know what. It wasn't like there was a lack of confidence. I just, it just told me. My gut told me, "Do not ride today," and I didn't. I don't, I, And I don't know if there was anything that saved me out of that. I have no idea. But for some reason, it was like something that I, I trust my gut a thousand percent of the time. I listen to it every time. So if it tells me don't do it, I'm not going to do it. And, and there should be no shame in that, by the way, guys. If you guys aren't like in the right mindset, mind frame, whatever, don't hop on that bike if you don't want to. You know what I mean? I understand.
2: It's our- I don't think there's a rider out there that hasn't experienced that. And if you listen to a lot of people that have had accidents, have had offs, have had situations happen, a lot of them will tell you something told me not to ride that day, but I did it anyway.
1: Yep. Every mm-hmm. time. And I've heard that too. And that's kind of one of the big reasons why I've trusted <clears throat> my gut about the motorcycle stuff, especially. Yep. Yeah.
0: Last topic here, because we're running on a hundred uh, or an hour and 20 motorcycle safety equipment from helmets to the new body armor that they got. Where do you fall in on that range?
2: When I ride, I have a set of icon motorcycle boots. Um, they're just over the ankle boots. They're super protective. They've got ankle armor in them. They're, uh, the sole is reinforced. So the foot doesn't bend and break. I have a set of Revit Philly 3 riding jeans. They're Kevlar and Aramid. They're triple stitched. Uh, they have CE armor in the knees and hips. Wow. I have an I- Icon Contra jacket that I wear. Um, I have dedicated motorcycle gloves, not just like mechanics gloves or anything like that. And I wear a Shoei RF 1400 helmet. Dude, you're so I'm, I'm already old and I'm trying to stay around for a while more. I've been off a bike. I've come off a bike quite a few times. Um, it comes with, I mean, obviously dirt riding and stuff like that. I know what happens coming off a bike at 30 miles an hour on the gravel. So you figure what's going to happen at 80 miles an hour on pavement. Nope. I'm geared up every time.
1: You're ready for the slide. That's for dang sure. So basically-
0: exactly. So basically, Mike, the new generation of riders are more safety conscious than, say, where mm, maybe. I'm at, you know, with just a leather vest or something like that. And I do like the fact that people are more safety conscious, and I do mm-hmm. like the fact that companies are coming out with this different body armor and stuff like that. The perception, though, what do you think about the perception of those that actually want to ride safe compared to the wild ones, if you will?
1: Well, there's always going to I get it for just having a full face, you know, And, and all I wear is is a leather vest. I'm usually riding in my I mean, I'm always riding in my shorts and I'm riding with a full face. You know, that's it. And I still get it with about my full face. So. I don't know the, the new generation sometimes maybe in the scene, but when it comes to like the bike life kids, these bike life kids are doing as dangerous moves and things they can do on the street as possible while wheeling dirt bikes, ATVs, yep. all that kind of stuff. And they almost have like the complete opposite spectrum where they almost don't have any care for human life. You know, so there's almost like again, there's radicalization on both sides. You know, sometimes. So well, let's I, ask, I would uh, say better safe than sorry, though.
0: Let's ask uh, the last question here. Rage. Mike talks about a full face helmet, and what I'm waiting for because I think technology should use be used for the good. And there's some of these prototypes coming out right now where they got a full heads up display. What would you say about them? Do they distract you more than help you or they let you see the whole picture?
2: I have yet. And I, I worked in technology. I still work in technology. Um, Mike knows a lot of the stuff that I deal with and do. Uh, All of them are garbage. The technology is not there yet um there has not been one release that hasn't had massive shortcomings failures um some of them have been scams um but when the technology gets there i think much like the cars that you see that have the 360 cameras in them so you can see around and see everywhere i think it will be a a good thing for safety mm-hmm. um a good thing for awareness but as of right now, they can preach it as much as they want. Every one of them on the market is junk, and it's been proven time and time again. Somebody will get it right, and when they do, it will be the next evolution in technology, but it's not there yet. Uh, it's it's kind of in the beta testing phase, much like self-driving cars that can't get through an intersection.
1: Hmm. Well, as a true you- dyna bro...
0: Do you think, Mike, that that's going to take attention from the riding the road because you're going to be scanning everything?
1: Yep. And to me, I I don't know. I'm as a true speaking as a true diner, bro. I think even a radio is uh, too much. You know, I think if you got a radio and you're playing with your radio too much, I think that's too big of a distraction. I mean to me i'm all about utility i'm i'm sitting there scanning the road myself with my own two eyes i trust yep. my two eyes over any heads up display any any of that crap i don't care what any of that technology is telling me whether how fast i'm going or any of that i don't care i'm going to look down on my speedometer and i've been doing it for years it's proven to be safe so i have no problem looking down my speedo you know speedo when i need to it's no big issue but they make right. it, oh, looking, you're looking away for half of, half of a millisecond, and that's all. I, no, dude, like it's okay to be able to look down at your dominator once in a while. You know what I mean?
0: Well, damn, man. What a damn good show, yeah, man. that we was. A lot of stuff. Uh, Rage, you're always welcome back on here, man, because these are the type of conversations I like. I like having a little fun in the beginning and going into some serious stuff like this. Very. I would love to
2: be on anytime you want me, and hopefully, I'll have the lighting issues solved by then,
0: (laughs) or or the new the new room finished. So, there you go. We got to get you a mic in there and stuff. Yep, that's right. A podcast setup, but I think it's very important for those that do ride, Mike, that they do be careful out there. There's a lot more cars, a lot more distractions and you got to be safe. You yep. just got to be safe, especially when you got another life in your hand with somebody riding behind you. But what would you be your uh, final thoughts on this?
1: Overall, um, you know, it, it's not really going to be unnecessarily 100% always your fault. You got to remember that these guys out here don't care about your life. They're, they're not even thinking about your life. So, just remember, look out. Uh, each car has body language. Pay attention to that body language. They they literally have body language. If you pay attention enough, uh, I think every biker knows what I'm talking about. Pay attention to those little things. Trust your gut. And um, I don't know, man. If if you're really about this life and you love it, you know, try not to overthink it because at the same time you can freak yourself out. You know, and freaking yourself out is no bueno on the road either. And also to get back on to the very beginning of where we touched on, make sure your old lady ain't screaming at you while you're blowing up your phone while you're freaking riding. And the whole time your, your phone is blowing up because your old lady's unhappy with you. You know, that, that, that just sounds like a recipe for disaster, especially in that. And put on top of that, you're wearing either no helmet or no gear, or you're wearing a half dome or something like that, dude, recipe for disaster.
0: Well said, Uh, we'll see you next Sunday, right here on insane wheels by mike ball we thank our special guest road rage and all his support that he shows the madhouse and insane throttle biker news y'all be safe out there watch out for crazy